what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Melanoma is the deadliest form of skin cancer, and rates of melanoma in Canada are on the rise. People who live in southern and coastal areas of the country are at the greatest risk. And I can tell you, as a fair-complexioned guy who got lots of sunburns as a kid and at least one blistering sunburn, I'm the poster boy for someone who should be very concerned about getting melanoma. So this week we're asking, how can I prevent and, when necessary, uh, detect melanoma? Hi, Julia. Welcome to The Dose. Hi, Brian. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on the show. What is your sunscreen routine? Well, I am very diligent. I wear sunscreen Every day, every morning, I don't even look outside. For example, it's a bit of a blustery day here in Toronto. And first thing I did this morning was get up in the dark and put on my sunscreen. Wow. And, and what do you use? I, I have a variety. So I have a SPF uh, 42 that I like to use during the day. Because um, it's just I like the way it makes my skin look. If I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a sailor. So if I'm out on the water, then I'm going to grab my SPF 60. Um, I've got a whole collection. Wow, and that sailing uh, bit probably puts you at increased risk because you're getting a lot more sun exposure than a lot of other people. For sure, as someone who grew up on the coast and loves, uh, you know, being outdoors, uh, you know, winter, summer, um, I'm definitely at higher risk. Okay, um, let's get into our discussion in a moment. But before we do that, can you give us a hi? My name is. Tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Absolutely. I'm Dr. Julia Carroll. I'm a dermatologist based out of Toronto, and uh, so I practice dermatology and I. I also have the privilege of serving on the board for Melanoma Canada. Okay, here we go. Uh, first question, uh, what is melanoma as a, as a diagnosis, as a form of cancer? So melanoma is a cancer of the melanocytes. So those are the cells that create the pigment in our skin. How does melanoma compare to other kinds of skin cancers like squamous cell and basal cell cancers? Right, so those are the non-melanoma skin cancers, and melanoma tends to be from one severe hit of sun, so uh, one of the risk factors is if you've had more than two sunburns uh, before the age of 20, and uh, it's much more deadly than, say, a basal cell skin cancer. Uh, basal cell cancers and squamous cell cancers come from chronic sun exposure over the years. Uh, they tend to be a little bit more slow growing. Basal cells tend not to be deadly, but squamous cells can also be deadly as well. Yeah, I've certainly had family members who've dealt with uh, one or, or two of the other kinds of cancers. Um, who is most at risk of melanoma? Well, so it tends to be people who've had, say, a severe blistering sunburn before the age of 20. If you have skin that uh, that tends to burn, if you have a lot of moles, so if you have more than 50 moles on your on your body, um, if you tend to make weird looking moles, which we call dysplastic uh, nevi, um, people that, as you mentioned, are fair and freckly, and those with a, a family history, those would all be factors that would put you at higher risk. 
So clearly, you know, it's interesting because I've got I've got at least two of those risk factors. I, you know, I'm fair. I'm fair, fair complexioned. I, I had multiple sunburns as a young child, but well before the age of 20. I remember one blistering sunburn on my shoulders uh, when I was a preteen. So uh, so those are some some environmental risk factors. But clearly there must be a genetic component. For sure. So 85% of melanomas are uh, caused very clearly by uh, ultraviolet radiation or the sun, but we do definitely see a a genetic component. Um, And so, you know, just because someone in your family has had a melanoma, it definitely means that you should be more on high alert. Um, But if someone in your family hasn't had a melanoma, you're certainly not uh, free and clear. I also know that rates of melanoma are higher for men. So why is that? Right. So our best, you know, thinking on that is that men are probably not as diligent um, with their personal care products. Uh, So using sunscreen and then also just traditionally over the years, they've tend to um, tend to have more outdoor jobs. So outdoor workers would tend to be men. Now, we might see that changing as I think both of those things are probably changing in society. But with from the stats that we have, um, that's what we've extrapolated. Melanoma is often found by checking your moles. We've started to talk about that, the importance of, 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 of doing that. What should people be looking for? So we tried to make it really simple. We call it the ABCDs, but we've, we've also added an E and an F. But So A is for asymmetry. If one side of a mole doesn't look like the other, it's not symmetrical, then that can be a concern. B is the border. So if you can very clearly see where the mole starts, and the skin ends, then that border is well-defined. But if it's smudgy at the border, then that can be an issue. C is for color. So if the color is changing, particularly if it's getting darker. Um, D is for diameter. And uh, we use six millimeters as a cutoff or for visual if it's uh, larger than the end of a pencil eraser. And E is for evolution. So anything that's changing. So those are all signs that they should be brought to your family doctor's attention uh, or dermatologist if you have one. And then more recently, we've thrown in this one called F, which is families. So if you take a look at, say, the, your upper leg, you're look, sitting with your shorts on and, you, and you're looking at your moles, you want to see, do they all, do the, everyone in that family look like each other? If there's one that stands out, doesn't look like the other moles around it, or what we call the ugly duckling sign, then, um, then that could be a sign that needs to be checked. Are there more unusual places where we should be checking for moles? I mean, there, there's obvious areas that are, that are the most skin exposed, but uh, are there unusual areas that we should be checking as well? Yeah, I mean, I think hair is always an, an issue. So it's not, you know, depends on how much hair you have, but it's not an often exposed area. But I always recommend that my patients get their hairdresser to take a look through their hair when they're doing it and just let them know if there's anything in there. And then they can bring it to me to show. Tops of the ears is an area that you can't see where we often see skin cancers. But bottoms of the feet, between the toes, uh, skin cancers in those areas are more common in people with more darkly pigmented skin. Uh, so it's a good idea to check. And then uh, tops of the feet is one as well. And along the hairline, that's an area that sometimes you don't see as easily and people aren't so great at putting sunscreen into those areas. And uh, I have certainly heard of patients, uh, you know, in, in my kind of many years practicing medicine who've had, uh, who've had melanoma in the eye. Right. So that's uveal melanoma. Um, so that one I leave to my ophthalmology friends, but, uh, there are pigment cells in, uh, in the eye as well. So anywhere where you can have those melanocytes, you can have a melanoma. 
You know, there's an app for everything these days. Are there apps or websites to help people check uh, their moles? You know, one of the ones I really like is uh, checkyourskin.ca, and it's a it's a project from the Canadian Dermatology Association. It gives you a step-by-step on how to do a skin self-check and uh, and what to look for as well. But yeah, there are so many great apps out there, um, lots of free apps. And, uh, and you know, you can even just do it yourself. You can create a little reminder in your phone. If there's something that you're concerned about, you can take a picture um, and uh, and then you've got a record of what that looked like. Um, so it's it's really quite easy to do with these little mini computers we carry around all day. And you are actually part of a campaign with Melanoma Canada on a mobile uh, mole screening unit. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so we are launching that this week. It's um, actually Melanoma Awareness Month and Skin Cancer or Sun Awareness Month. And so we have a, in partnership with Canadian Dermatology Association, Melanoma Canada has the first that we know of mobile skin cancer screening units. So we are going around Ontario to underserviced rural indigenous areas, as well as uh, cities with long wait times for a dermatologist. And we're going to be screening patients all summer long. So we'll be at major events and uh, going into, like I said, more remote areas. People can sign up online at uh, molemobile.ca. So there's appointments available and there's also walk-ins. And then, you know, as we know, the two key things are prevention and early detection. And so we're going to be doing a lot of educating as well on how people can uh, prevent skin cancer by protecting themselves from the sun. So you've, you've uh, kind of set the ground for the next question. I wanted to ask you, what's behind the urgency uh, in the prevention and early detection message when it comes to melanoma? Well, the big thing with melanoma is if we catch it early, it doesn't have to be deadly. I mean, there are some cancers that, um, you know, even when they're caught early, they don't do well. But traditionally, melanomas, if they're caught early, they do well. So what happens with the melanoma is, you know, when you first start to see those changes, it grows along the surface of the skin. And then over time, it starts to grow down. And that's when it then metastasizes and, and can become deadly. So time is really of the essence when it comes to a melanoma diagnosis. Amina is an activist during the Arab Spring. Her blog, Gay Girl in Damascus, attracts readers from around the world. When she's mysteriously abducted, her followers mobilize, desperate to save her. What they find shocks them. I'm Samira Moyedin, the host of Gay Girl Gone, a new six-part series from CBC. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're not only... uh presenting messages to prevent and early detection, you're with patients at the diagnostic stage of melanoma. So what happens after that when you when you assess a patient and you say, yep, you've got a melanoma? Right. So the first thing is, you know, as a dermatologist, I don't have, I have pretty magic eyes, but not entirely. So the first thing I'm going to do when I see something that I suspect is a melanoma is I'm going to do a biopsy. And depending on how big it is, it might be, uh, I might take the whole thing out and then send it to the lab. Or if it's large, I may just take a sample. And then once we get that back and we do discover that it's a melanoma, I actually always say to my patients, you know, 
this is actually not the worst news. It would be worse if it was on you and we didn't know. So now at least we know and we can move forward and do something about it. So it's not entirely bad news. Um, and then depending on the size and the depth of the, of the melanoma, we may remove it in our office. So some dermatologists do uh, surgery in their offices and remove the melanoma. But sometimes when it's gotten to be too deep, then we may send them more to a surgical center uh, to remove it. And then they'll go on to immunotherapy or molecularly targeted therapies um, with the help of one of our oncology colleagues. So melanoma is usually caused by sun exposure. We want to talk about preventing that. How can we protect ourselves from the sun? So I always like to talk about a three-pronged strategy for my patients. The first one is just choosing when you're going to expose yourself to the sun. So if you're planning an outdoor activity, whether it's a sport or a family outing, try to choose one that is outside of those peak sun hours. So the peak sun hours are 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, or if you do want to be out side, uh, look for shade. So, you know, shade structures and encouraging shade in public places and has become a big trend as well. Um, and then if you are going to be out in the sun, you can cover up. So you're looking for um, broad brimmed hats, wide brimmed hats, sunglasses with wide arms to protect the eyes, sun protective clothing. There's great options available for sun protective clothing now as well. Um, and then your third line of defense is going to be your sunscreen. So for me, I recommend an SPF 50 plus, um, but you know, uh, I'm okay if people want to use an SPF 30, but it's just about protecting yourself. So it really is that, that three pronged approach to prevent yourself from getting that sun exposure. And the idea here is to, is to block uh, your skin from being exposed to UV radiation ultraviolet radiation. Exactly. And I think it's important to use that word radiation because that's what the sun is. Some people with darker toned skin are more likely to tan than to burn. So how does tanning also damage our skin? So tanning is a sign that your skin is damaged. So I always uh, say to my patients, if I gave you a cream and you put it on and all of a sudden your skin turned a different color, would you not be concerned about what that cream is doing to your skin? So it's the same thing. We've been normalized. It's been normalized to think that a tan is a, is a good thing, but it's actually your skin increasing the pigment in it to act like a, like a sombrero or an umbrella to protect itself from the sun. It knows it's being damaged and it's putting up a, a defense. And that's what a tan is. Oh, never thought of it that way. Can people with darker skin still get melanoma? They can. Uh, it tends to be in, in the darker skin types, which we call like type five, type six skin. Um, it doesn't tend to be from the sun. It's probably random or from some uh, genetic predisposition. And those tend to be uh, one of the most common areas is on the extremities. So it's called acrolentiginous melanoma. Um, so with, the, uh, with darker skin types, um, melanoma from the sun is not as much of an issue, but it's not to say you can't get a melanoma. So if you see a spot and it fits those ABCDs, you still need to get it checked. Got it. You've mentioned SPF 50. Uh, is one sunscreen better than another in terms of the products that are out there? You know, there's a couple things to look for and we like to keep it simple. We want something that says has broad spectrum coverage. I like an SPF 50, but I'm okay with an SPF 30. Um, and really you're just looking for formulation that works for you. So 
you know, there's physical blockers, there's chemical blockers, there's combinations, but really the best sunscreen is the one you're willing to wear. And there are sprays, there are lotions, there are sticks, there are powders. You know, there really is no excuse. There's one out there and they're really well formulated these days. And a lot of my patients have been now educated to wear sunscreens every day and it's just part of their normal routine um, and, and they like it. How often should you apply sunscreen if you're trying to reduce your risk of melanoma? So sunscreens, particularly the chemical sunscreens, they work like a sponge. And so if I put sunscreen on in the morning and I'm in my office inside rooms without windows all day, that's the only time I'm going to put on sunscreen. If I'm lucky enough to pop out and meet someone for lunch or go for a walk, then I'll reapply it. But if I'm inside where there's no sun, then, then you know, I don't really think we have to be reapplying it, you know, as per the label, which is every two hours. But that changes if you're doing an outdoor activity. Um, and so if you're outside and, and uh, getting more sun exposure, if you're sweating, if you're swimming, uh, then you do want to apply it every two hours or immediately after, you know, you get out of a pool or a lake. And people naturally put, think about putting sunscreen on as the weather gets warmer. What about the rest of the year? You were saying off the top that you apply sunscreen every day, even in the wintertime? I do because ultraviolet B, uh, there's, so there's two main types of uh, ultraviolet light that come from the sun, ultraviolet A, ultraviolet B, when we're talking about the, the skin in particular. Ultraviolet B changes in the, with the seasons. It goes up and down, and that's the one that burns. So, you know, we notice that, that, you know, we don't get a lot of sunburns in the winter, perhaps if we're skiing. But where you are in the world, say, I'm in Toronto, the ultraviolet A levels don't fluctuate based on the season. They're always there. It's the B levels that go up and down. And uh, ultraviolet A levels are the ones that go deep in and can damage um, the DNA, which oh, causes skin cancer. That's a, that's a lot of practical information. Um, <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, no, and, and you've given me a lot to think about. And uh, I think I'm going to be wearing sunscreen a lot more often. So I want to thank you, Julia Carroll, for uh, coming on to the dose to, to tell us all about how to prevent melanoma and about early detection. All right. Well, you'll be thinking about uh, UVA and our melanoma message uh, tomorrow morning when you put on your sunscreen, your new habit. And thank you for giving me that new habit. And thanks for coming on the dose. My pleasure. Dr. Julia Carroll is a Toronto dermatologist. She sits on the board of Melanoma Canada. Here's your dose of smart advice. Melanoma is the deadliest form of skin cancer. It can originate inside moles, which are benign to start off with, but can turn into melanomas. The most important risk factor for melanoma skin cancer is ultraviolet radiation from the sun and indoor tanning. Increased sun exposure is an important reason why cases of melanoma have gone up over the past 30 years. Both men and women can get melanoma, although men are at greater risk. You're also at greater risk if you have more than 50 moles on your skin or if you have a history of two or more blistering sunburns before the age of 20. Melanomas are deadly because they metastasize, but early detection provides the best chance for a cure before they spread. Check your skin regularly for new moles and for changes in the ones you already have. Look at your entire body, including the tops and the soles of your feet, as well as between your toes. Ask your hairstylist to check the tops of your ears and your hairline. Use the A, B, C, D, E, F rules to check for melanomas. A for asymmetry, which means the left side of the mole doesn't look like the right side. 
B is for border, which means the mole has an irregular or jagged edge. C is for suspicious colors of the mole, including brown, black, blue, gray, or red. D means diameter. The risk of melanoma is greater when the mole is larger than the size of a pencil eraser. E means the mole is evolving or changing its color, size, shape, or feel. And F refers to a family or a grouping of moles, one of which no longer looks like the others in the group. The most effective way to prevent melanomas is by limiting sun exposure. That means staying indoors between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., wearing hats and other sun-protective clothing, and by putting on sunscreen SPF 50 or higher. Wear sunscreen year-round and not just during the summer because UVA rays, which penetrate deeply into the skin, are present in all four seasons. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. This edition of The Dose was produced by Isabel Gallant. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your health care provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.